You're listening to the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Hey, here we are once again, back in the saddle, episode number 64 of the world-famous Chick Whisperer podcast. We have something a little different for you today. We're going to talk about something that, you know, I've got to tell you, I don't know how we've gone 64 shows without talking about sexual tension in detail, because that's got to be one of the most misunderstood concepts in the entire world of sex, dating, male, female relationships, all that good stuff. And I've got just the guy to talk to about it with today. His name is Chris Anderson. And you may be saying to yourself, all right, well, who's Chris Anderson? Well, if you've ever heard of 60 or you've ever heard of 60 Years of Challenge, one of the most random names of any guy who's in the pickup world, uh, then you've heard of Chris Anderson. Chris is from uh, New York. Chris, man, what's up, buddy? How are you, Scott? Glad to be here. Hey, man, I'm rocking it. How about you? I'm feeling good. I'm very excited to talk to your guys about uh, sexual tension. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, you and I have known about each other for quite a bit, and I kind of just felt like you were in the PUA world, and you kind of felt like I was off, you know, <laughs> helping guys find wives or something. Next thing you know, because of the mastermind we're in, we get to know each other, and here again, is another guy who may be teaching something different than I, but man, we could just sit down and have a beer, chit-chat. Uh, we have a lot in common, got along immediately, and here we are. I think it's going to be a great show. Very excited. Yeah. Now, as is customary with us, what we're going to do is we're going to cover a uh, voicemail first. This is Dennis, and he's coming to us from New Jersey, and here's what he's got to say. Hi, um, I wanted to just ask a question. Uh, my name is Dennis, and um, I've been, you know, kind of flirting with pickup for the past few months. And, you know, I'm a bigger guy, and I wonder if there's any advice you can give for uh, larger guys. I'm probably about 30, 40 pounds overweight, so not gigantic, but still pretty big. I found when doing pickup from uh, six months to a year ago till now, I got a lot more response from women. When I approach them, they're not turning me down right away. Um, you know, a lot of flirtation. But I'm not going home with these women, and I want to know if it's just my size. I mean, you know, I'm fairly fashionable. I, you know, or is it, you know, something I'm not doing? I'm not being aggressive enough. I don't, I don't know. If you can answer me, that'd be great. Um, and that's it. Thanks. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, here's a guy who thinks he's about 30 or 40 pounds too overweight to get women. Yet he seems like he's attracting women up front. He's just not going home with them is what he says. What do you have to say? Yeah. Well, when I, when I listened to what Dennis said right there, what kind of popped off in my mind is something changed. And he, I think he might even use those words, something changed. It looked like before he was confident. So yes, the weight has changed. He's 30 to 40 pounds heavier than he used to be, but it's not really about the weight. Something inside him has changed. That confidence, that inner, I'm going to go get girls tonight has changed. And that's why women are reacting to him differently. 
it's not really the weight. Although, hey, we all trying to look our best, you know, wear the nicest clothes, be fit. But that's, you know, that's not the whole picture. Really inside what he's feeling is I'm not as confident as before. It's because of my weight. And I really feel we all have something, you know, like I'm short. I know people that are a little overweight. Some people, it's their background or, you know, something else. We all have that thing. And if you let it bring your confidence down and you're not, you know, interacting with women with that same, I believe I deserve you, I can get you, then it's going to affect um, how you interact with women. Definitely. Yeah. I'll tell you what, first off here, 30 or 40 pounds, Dude, there's women who are 30, 40 pounds overweight and look smoking. So I don't know if 30 or 40 pounds is making you into this obese job of the hut that women are just going to be grossed out by. The right guy actually looks better 30 or 40 pounds heavier than maybe the doctor would tell him he needed to be. As a matter of fact, if you're just looking at your BMI chart, man, most guys can throw that out the window because I'm telling you, your average NFL running back is 5'10 and weighs 230 and he's quote-unquote obese according to every BMI chart. I mean, I think I'm supposed to weigh like 105 pounds because, you know, I'm vertically challenged like Hmm. you just said you are, Chris. Man, if I were 105 pounds, I mean, a cool spring breeze would probably blow me away and yet that's like the bottom end of my quote normal weight. Um, so, you know, a lot of this has to be taken into consideration. Society's telling us that we're fat when we're not. Um, if you've got a little bit of a belly, I don't know how this works. I don't know what the mechanism, if you want to call it that inside the female brain is, but some women actually like guys with a little bit more meat on their bones. Weirdly, I used to weigh right in the middle of what my quote unquote normal BMI would be. And, uh, you know, once I started getting happy taking these women out and going to the gym less and going out to eat and drink more, I started packing on about 20, 30 pounds and women actually liked me better. And, you know, I am thinking it's a lot because of what you just said, Chris, it wasn't even necessarily my body type or how much I weighed or what the scale said or whatever you want to call it. Once women started liking me, I started feeling more confident. I started believing that they would like me. And, you know, Dennis, you said the magic words there that are good, which were, you know, I'm finding that women like me. They're attracted to me. And then you said something that really got my radar going off. That was, but I'm not going home with them. Well, now that's where I want to back up, Chris. Mm. Sometimes we have to remember women are human. And it's like if a woman called me up and left a voicemail going, hey, you know, these guys think I'm hot and they'll talk to me and everything. But when it comes for them to spend a lot of money and take me on shopping dates, you know, they all disappear. It must be I'm too fat or something. I think every guy would know what to tell that woman. I ain't saying she's a gold digger, (laughs) you know, (laughs) one of those deals. But us as guys, I think sometimes we're blind. And, you know, Dennis, I love you like a brother. But if you start looking at women as a means to a sexual end, they're going to go away. They're going to fly away like little birdies out into some other guy's bedroom. And that guy is going to have treated them like a woman, had some depth in his interaction with them, wasn't rushing the issue on the first night. And listen, man, I know pickup artists everywhere are saying, hey, here's how you get in a woman's pants in 10 minutes. Here's how you take her home. Here's how you bang a different chick every night. A little patience goes a long way, especially if you're going after high quality women. I'm telling you. What do you think? I agree with what you're saying. I think what happens to the pickup type guys is there's a lot of fear when you first start this of, 
I'm being taken advantage of, you know, like you kind of touched on it. Like she just wants to go on these dates and, and use me for my money or use me for my social status. So that kind of got flipped on its head and went the total other way with people like I got a banger in like 10 minutes to prove that's not true. Mm-hmm. As I maybe to get back at him yeah, for all those years of rejection at him or, you know, I, I won't be a sucker, but there's a middle ground. And for me, the middle ground that I found at least was I like to definitely make sure a woman is interested. So there might be, you know, a little move I'll do. It could be maybe grabbing her hand or holding hands or, you know, a little hand interplay, things like that, where I know if a girl engages in that with me, we at least have something going. If I get to that point, I don't feel like I have to rush the sex on every occasion. You know, it's like, I know that we kind of have something going. If I want to, hey, I can push things. But if not, I'm totally fine sitting back, enjoying the night, see where it goes, meet someone new, have a good time. There's other things about life. But uh, no, I don't feel that same like I got a banger in five minutes or I'm not cool or she's using me or, or any of that stuff. So that's kind of something that you, you learn as you, as you grow older in this. Yeah. And then as you get a little bit more experience, you realize that you may be horny. She may be horny. Uh, yeah, you may be very sexually interested in her and she you and the ball can get rolling and things can get moving a lot faster than you might give it credit for even as you're backing off. In other words, you don't have to push the envelope. One of the words you used, Dennis, that really was a red flag for me was aggression. Maybe I'm not being aggressive enough. Man, aggressive is one of those words you never want to use or even think of when you're talking about your interactions with women. I don't even like the word aggressive to refer to sales and salespeople in the sales process. I think it's just wrongheaded. If you're acting with some sort of aggression I hope you mean something more akin to passion or enthusiasm than raw aggression because aggression is not the word you ever want to associate with your dealings with women. So what I've noticed, especially after I had some experience with women and feeling comfortable with them getting a little hornier in my presence, is that if you appreciate them, if you're having fun with them, if you're helping them feel comfortable in your presence – if you're making them laugh. And by the way, a lot of guys think that making a woman laugh has everything to do with comedy. If you've ever seen a bunch of women hanging out at girls' night out laughing over nothing, and you realize that none of those women is a stand-up comedian, but they're laughing their asses off together, then you can put two and two together and figure out that helping a woman have fun will make her laugh. Fun equals laughter. Fun begets laughter with women. So I would say relax a little bit in a woman's presence. Don't feel like this is like a deal you have to close or something like that. Understand that women are sexual just like us. If you are making her feel comfortable, if you're manning up, if you're igniting her feminine energy with that opposite and equal masculine energy that we talk about so often around here, you're going to see women want to touch you, want to be touched by you. Any guy who has ever really had a woman get hot for him. One of the things that uh, guys tell me, especially when I'm coaching them and they lose their virginity or something is like, man, I can't believe how much she loved me touching her ass and feeling her up and grabbing her and just enjoying her sexually. It's like, yes, women want that. It's just that they can't let everybody in the world know that because you know, they fear for their security. They don't want every guy grabbing their ass. They have to kind of give off this vibe of like no touchy Kung Fu. 
until the right guy comes along. And then once you have ignited her sexually, once you have made her feel comfortable with you and you're helping her have fun, she's like, you know what? I want your hands all over me. I want to be about as sexual as humanly possible. Then you can dirty talk with her and bring out her inner crazy, dirty, naughty woman and all that crazy stuff. You're allowed in the secret club. (laughs) That's a secret handshake. It's a secret ass slap is what it is. But I think that's pretty much uh, where we're going with this. You got anything to add? No, I think that's good. I mean, one thing I would say, you don't have to be, you know, he used the word aggressive. You know, people use the word persistence. And, you know, that's a deeper topic. But if he's saying hopefully he's comfortable expressing his sexuality, you know, with whatever that is, and then whatever the woman's comeback is, that you're cool with that. You're not needy about it. You're not pushy. But uh, at least me personally, I like to let my sexual interest be known. There's many ways to do it. There's ways to do it. There's subtle ways. I kind of kick that out, get that out there, and then just enjoy the night. It's like, I'm a man. I've let it be known. Find you attractive, cute, whatever. Let's have fun. See where the night goes. Give me an example of something you might say. I might say even early on that, you know, and it's all code. I mean, no one says, hey, you want to go back to my place and fuck. But it could be as simple as, hey, you know, there's a cool documentary on Netflix. You know, later on, we got to go, you know, take a drink and and go watch it back at my place. Now, you're not you're never going to get like, oh, yes, definitely. We're going to do that. You might get a we'll see like a we'll see is great. But that's Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're playing the game. It's cool. You know, but sometimes that gives me good information, too, if a girl's like, no, absolutely not. Like I'm picking up my sister at 5 a.m. from LaGuardia. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. You know. That's when you say, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was an evil laugh from me, admittedly. Dennis, one other thing I want to add. Once you have a woman interested in you, keep doing what you're doing. Don't freak out. Just be like that NFL quarterback who knows the whole world's watching him. Be like freaking Madison Bumgarner on the mound in game seven. This guy was blowing his nose on camera. Do you see him doing like the farmer sneezes with a hundred million people watching him? (laughs) Crazy, man. That guy was cold as ice up there. You just have to be in the moment. You have to realize, hey, look, I belong here. This woman likes me. This is what I was born to do and keep doing what you did to make her like you to begin with. Relax. It's all a dance. Kind of let her come to you. Just remember the whole women are like cats routine. If you go here, kitty, kitty, and try to get a cat to come to you, it'll kind of blink its eyes and turn its head slowly and saunter away. Next thing you know, when you're off doing something like cooking dinner or on the phone, the thing's rubbing itself against your legs, you know. Yeah. So um, anyway, thanks a million for leaving that voicemail, Dennis. Uh, love to hear from you guys. And we need more of your voicemails. Listen, gentlemen. When you call that voicemail line, no one's going to answer it. If you mess it up, look, just hit the pound key, start all over again. Leave us a good voicemail. Give us a question that's going to relate to a lot of guys who are listening, just like Dennis did such a good job of doing here. And what will happen is you'll get a cool prize. First of all, here's the number to call, okay? We're uh, rocking it out of the 210 here, San Antonio, Texas. And uh, you want to call 210-362-4400. Once again, 210-362-4400, and that's 24 hours. doesn't matter where in the world you are. It is automated. Leave that voicemail, and uh, you may get a prize. And what we're going to give to you, Dennis, in New Jersey, for being so kind to submit a voicemail to us this time around 
is Chris Anderson's flagship program, man. This is like the one that puts you on the map. Automatic seduction. I'll tell you what, I want to hear all about this because my first inclination is to say, man, I'm more of a manual stick shift seduction guy myself. So what's the deal with automatic seduction? Is it at least six speed or have paddle shifters or what? Tell me about it. It's got everything you need, but it's really just broken down into four components. I take you through the game. It used to be called originally the complete game system. And I really wanted to give a a guy a manual step A to Z, exactly what he has to do. So, you know, the first part is taking you through how to approach women, how to be more comfortable and confident getting them to come with you. Then, of course, attraction, how to build attraction naturally. Now, a little different in there, not the average stuff like, you know, be cocky and, you know, tell a lot of jokes. It's very under the radar stuff. Then we get you over your fear of escalation. And then we don't forget about the most important step. Once you got that girl, that's uh, called a relationship roulette. All the things dealing with women, needing female affection, how to be vulnerable but not needy with women. So we really got you covered from A to Z. That's what automatic seduction is about. You get it, and we take you through the whole game. Well, I tell you what, Dennis, you're the proud owner of that one-stop shop program. Sounds like it's got it all going on. And guys, if you want to uh, take a gander at it yourself, go to www.thechickwhisper.com front slash 60. And just to make that as least bit confusing as possible, I'm going to go ahead and spell it out and also put the six zero up there. So you can make it front slash S-I-X-T-Y or thechickwhisperer.com front slash six zero. And when you get to that website, I've got to tell you something, my man. 60, dude, that is one of the most horrible, hilarious, tragic, and wonderful videos I've ever seen in my entire life. It just (laughs) pretty much fries your circuits. That story about you having to listen to the girl of your dreams, getting her brains pounded out one paper thin wall away in the next hotel room is just absolutely brutal to listen to. That's a true story. Listen to it and have fun at my expense. Man, you know, I think you have to think for a second. You know, I mean, when you're a guy who isn't getting a whole lot of success with women, it's brutal to have to listen to some guy just giving women orgasms after orgasms and earshot when they're in the other room or whatever. I mean, that's just brutal. But when it's a woman you wanted, a woman you had a crush on and you know, especially that this other guy doesn't even care about anything more than maybe the one night stand or something. That's just got to be devastating. Yeah, it definitely hurts. And, you know, I put myself in that situation because like we were talking about before, I didn't reveal not, I didn't even reveal my interest, let alone my sexual interest. And I try to go about things the sneaky way. I'm not going to, you know, do a spoiler. You guys can go listen to the story. Basically, when we were going to Atlantic City together, I tried to get us hotel rooms with adjoining rooms because I thought, ooh, later on, we'll come back to the room and just end up being on the same bed or it'll all work out. And I tried to, instead of revealing my feelings, instead of manning up and doing it that way, I tried to sneak into it. And when you try to sneak into it, that's what happens when you watch the video. Yeah, and the other guy, I guess, was just a little bit more bold. But you can hear about that in the video, too. Definitely worth watching. And kind of a nice segue into our topic du jour here, sexual tension. Sexual tension, to me, is the fuel that just drives horniness. I mean, it's like the result of mixing 
masculinity and femininity and getting a very similar result as you'd see in an internal combustion engine when you mix gasoline and fire. I mean, there's just an explosion and that explosion is the culmination of this sexual tension that gets built up when masculine and feminine kind of intersect. Yet, I think a lot of guys don't understand it. You hit the nail on the head, Chris, earlier when you said, hey, you don't just walk up to a woman and go, hey, let's go have sex or let's go back to my room. There's this little dance that I alluded to, and that dance is pretty much defined by sexual tension, isn't it? Yeah. It's funny you brought that up because I like to think of it as you subcommunicate, I'd like to fuck you. You don't say it. You say it non-verbally. You say it with the little moves you do. And when you say that to a girl, again, non-verbally, a little more tension gets in the air because she kind of knows what you're doing and you know that she knows and now things are getting a little tense. Now the mood is amped up a little bit. So you really are expressing yourself sexually and that's creating a nice little vibe. It's magic, isn't it? It's like the less you say and the more you subcommunicate by your nuances, your actions, the way you form your words, the way you look at her, the way you let the corner of your mouth sort of smirk when you say certain things to her, the way you just invade her space just a little too much right at the right time when you know she already likes you. Not at the very beginning, for God's sake, but just these little clues, these little hints, these subtleties. Women, man, that's the currency women use in the economy of sexuality is that nuance. Just always right under the surface. And as long as you can keep it under the surface, the more it's going to heat up. It's just amazing that way. Because it's like a secret little game. And you both know you're playing it, but the people around might not exactly know what's going on. Her friends might be a little cued in on it, but your bozo friends, they don't have an idea what's going on. Well, most guys don't understand how to do it. Right. If you can master this particular skill, you will separate yourself from 95% of all men out there immediately. I have guys come in here and do what's called a 10 plus live with me, where they spend the weekend with me and we go out and we meet women and we meet women during the day. And I am a happily married man. But I will put my day game skills up against anybody in the world because everywhere I go, I can make women feel comfortable. I can make them have fun. I can make them laugh. I can make them want more of me. And I'll tell you something, gentlemen, if you can be masculine, relax and realize that femininity will have to perk up. It's like a spark plug in that engine when gasoline is present. It has to make fire. And if you make her feel comfortable and bring out that fun, if you help her have fun, think about it. If there's masculine feminine polarity and she's having fun with you, she likes you. There's no other option. She likes you. And guys will say to me all the time, you did nothing but have a good time and treat her like a human being. And that girl who was at least half your age was eating out of your hand. I'll say, well, let's go do it a few more times. And what we do is we go around, Chris, and I'm a little different. I'll talk to a 60-year-old lady who looks like Paula Dean, okay? And I'll talk to a 35-year-old mama, okay? And then I'll talk to a 23-year-old woman who's hot. And you know what? There'll be a pattern. Every one of those interactions will go exactly the same way. 
all three of those women, I'll bring out the fun in. I'll make all three of those women feel like a woman. All three of those women will like me. All of them will want more. And guys are like, man, I always thought like hot women were harder to get to and they were more likely to be mean and reject you. Actually, the hotter the woman is, the more she's used to dancing this dance. And it's like someone who takes a lot of salsa lessons. They get better at the dance. Popular women are even better at this. And you're going to find it's even easier to create that chemistry with women when they're used to dancing this dance more often. You just have to dance it with them. Yes, women definitely have advantage in the sexual tension game because they've been they've been dealing with it for a long time. The way guys look at them, they can spot a guy who's good with women. See, this is why this kind of subcommunication, and we'll get into some of the tactics. I mean, it's nothing too advanced, you know, it's simple stuff, but women can tell like what's going to turn a woman on and make her say, "You know what? This guy knows what he's doing with women. This guy has experience." These are things you can't say. Kind of we joke, you can't go up to a woman and say, "Hey, I'd really love to fuck you right now." And so many guys do that, especially online. Right. I mean, women, I get pretty women. I'll say, well, you've been online. Tell me what's going on. Oh, I can't believe how many guys will email me. And the first thing they ever write me is, hey, baby, how about a booty call? Or, you know, hey, let's go hook up. And, you know, sometimes women will say, you know, it's really a shame because he was kind of cute and he seemed interesting in his profile. And then he went and ruined it that way. It's like, wow. You're not playing the game the right way. You want to subcommunicate that you want to play the game. You want to be subtle, but you want to tell her, hey, I'm interested. Hey, I'm interested sexually. How does a woman know if you're confident? What do you come up and say? Hi, I'm Chris. I'm a very confident guy. No, you subcommunicate it. Do I go up and say, hi, I'm Chris. I've had sex with multiple women, so I'm probably in demand. Nice to meet you. <laughs> no, I subcommunicate it with the little things I do, the way I look at you, the way I inch just a little bit closer, my vibe, what I'm thinking in my mind. All these things are communicating. Chris is good with women. Chris gets laid a lot. Chris has had a lot of girlfriends. Chris, Chris, Chris. And these are the things that you want to be communicating with women. I think when you show up and you expect her to like you, you can expect to have a good interaction with her when you just seem like you're expecting something good to come out of this conversation instead of you're just so wadded up and horrified that you're talking to a pretty girl that you're sure something bad's about to happen. The positive visualization is such a huge indicator of confidence. So let's say you're with a woman and she's agreed to go out on a date with you. You know that there's got to be some reason she likes you. How would you ramp up this sexual tension? How would you get it rolling? I want some examples. Right. So if we want to talk about tactics, let's talk about some of the just misconceptions first. So people hear sexual tension and they're like, okay, in the community in general, pickup and stuff, our first thought was, you know what, as guys, we're too boring and we're not creating enough excitement. So we need to create tension, some kind of battle or something with women. So the first kind of stuff that came out was like, you know, be cocky tease her, pretend you're disinterested, and all that stuff. Yes, it builds a little intrigue and tension. It's better than nothing, right? It's better than just being the frumpy guy sitting there uh, crying in your beer. But the thing I noticed was that all these things like being cocky and stuff, they're all right, but it kind of puts you and the woman at odds. It like sets up this fake dichotomy where we're kind of battling, where we kind of don't like each other, but maybe we do. I, I don't know. I never felt like we were on the same team and working together. So I said to myself, I go, creating tension is cool. I know that's important. I want to create that feeling of excitement and not just, you know, this boring guy. 
But I'm sick of like, I don't want to go out and bat- have a battle of wits with girls and like have some women think that, you know, I think I'm funny, but she thinks I'm being a jerk. And I don't, I didn't want to do all that stuff. So I started thinking I wanted to create tension, but I wanted to stay on the same team with the girl. It makes everything so much easier when you got, when you're working together, not when you've set up this thing where it's like, Ooh, I'm pretending I'm better than you, or I'm disinterested in you. And it might pique the girl's interest a little bit, but nothing as good as working together. So I thought, I want to build tension. I want to work together. What can I do? So, you know, these are simple things. And most guys know this, but, you know, so everyone talks about eye contact. So, okay, hold eye contact with a girl. It's a great, great way to start. Give, you know, those seductive bedroom eyes. What I noticed is it's not something too hard. And you kind of said it before. It's just a little moment. So I'll hold eye contact with a girl just a beat longer than it sends the message that extra little millisecond. She's looking at you. You're looking at her. Time stops. There's a pause. It's a silence. It's like, boom, we have this connection. There's something going on here. I'm interested in you. And it's all happens in that one extra second of eye contact. It's like a moment when you're with a woman that feels a lot like that sweet spot in sports. If you ever play golf or if you've ever motocrossed or even if you play soccer, you know when you've kicked that ball just right. You know when you've got every bit of that six iron. When you're in that zone with a woman and you lock eyes with her, you can just feel that sweet spot. She will feel it at the same time you do, which is what makes sexuality so amazing. You know, you were talking about the whole idea of being cocky and teasing women and nagging them and how it kind of puts you at odds with them. I'm a huge fan of cocky funny because it fit my personality. I think negging was a valid concept. It's just that most people completely misunderstood it and started telling 23-year-old women they looked 40 and couldn't understand why they were getting slapped. Mm. You know, ugly stuff like that came of it. But, you know, I think I can sum up what's happened there pretty easily. It's so 2005. I mean, that stuff was 10 years ago. Women have seen that out of every second guy they've talked to for 10 years now, and it's just so played. I mean, it literally is so 2005. Look, this is going to make you guys laugh because you probably haven't really stopped to think about it yet. But all those guys who were teaching all that adversarial stuff with women, most of the famous ones are married now and have kids 10 years later. I mean, do I have to start mentioning names? You can go on Facebook and figure it out. I mean, David D'Angelo has a daughter now, and he's talking about different things nowadays when it comes to dating and relationships than before he got married and had a daughter. What did these guys who were teaching pickup eventually do? They decided they actually like women, and maybe I want to keep one of them around long term and have a family and do all that normal stuff that I used to say, well, frankly, was for a bunch of wussies. Mm. None of these guys are out there becoming the next you know, Hugh Hefner. I mean, it was fun for a few years. Then they decide they want a little bit more depth. Some chick came along who went from being merely a chick to being one hell of a woman. And these guys all decide this is what I want. And guys, women aren't the enemy. If you think women are the enemy, for God's sake, do us all a favor and never get married and have children because two enemies don't make for a very good marriage. Women will follow your lead. Women want to love you. Women want to do anything for you. I have a whole program called Female Persuasion devoted to how to do that. And it's because it's so true. If you lead with, hey, you know what? I like women and I like you in particular, then she is going to like you 
And if she's not a broken woman who hates men or something, this is going to be a symbiotic partnership. You're just going to be on the same team and you'll be on the same team on the first date. And then you'll be able to go and have inside jokes together, go on adventures together, have the most amazing, mind-blowing, multi-orgasmic sexcapades of all time together because she's not thinking, okay, you know, should I spread my legs for this guy or whatever? No, man. She's wrapping her legs around you screaming. She loves this. And that's the difference. And see, I know what some of these guys are thinking. They're going, all right, well, Scott, if I go up and talk to a woman and say, oh, I like you and I think you're wonderful, then I'm being needy. I am telegraphing pre-approval. Not necessarily. It all depends on what your expectations are. If you're confident, if you're a man who talks to a lot of women, and yet you're talking to this woman and you finally say to her, you know something? I kind of like you. And you say it with authority and it just comes out of the blue after you've had that time to really figure out what she's like. Not like you walked up to her and said, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I know I'm probably bothering you. None of that weakness. If you're coming to her from a position of strength and you are conducting yourself like a man and more specifically a man who knows what he wants and gives himself a chance to figure that out and who greets every new interaction with every new woman he meets as having potential instead of foregone conclusion. See what I just said there? Women are going to start doing that dance with you simply because you're male and because you're making her feel like a woman. Make her feel comfortable. Make her feel safe around you. Don't threaten her. You know, sexual tension, sexual threat, that's another kind of catchphrase that was thrown about a lot about 10 years ago. I like sexual tension because I don't think tension has to be bad. I think it's more like a guitar string. It's something that's going to make music. You just can't let it be slack. It's something that has to be tightened up to the point where, you know, it'll resonate. Sexual threat bothers me. I don't like that. I think what they're trying to communicate with that phrase is she has to recognize you are someone who represents the possibility, the imminent possibility, perhaps, of sexual intercourse happening, something sexual going on. You may be her next sex partner. But see, I don't think of that as a threat. I think of it as you're presenting yourself and it should perk her up. It should create a spark. Sexual spark to me is better than sexual threat. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we got to be careful with the words we use, especially nowadays. I don't think everyone's a bad guy that uses that word. They probably don't even really realize the ramifications. I'm sure I've probably used it trying to be cool. Hey, I'm a sexual threat. No, I think what you just said is fair. Let me go ahead and spit that out. I'm not going to interrupt you. I want you to continue. But yes, we live 10 years later in a world where people have become hypersensitive about the whole idea of men getting rapey. And that's for better or worse. But you're absolutely right. Continue. Yeah, I mean, I think it's for better. I mean, it, it may sound funny. I, I read sites like Jezebel. I like to keep up with what's going on between men and women and, and all this stuff. I, I like it. And I think, you know, we have a responsibility to be men, to communicate our sexuality and, and be a man, but, you know, also to consider, you know, what women go through. And I'll admit for a long time, maybe I didn't even see the full picture of what they have to deal with as women. And to become, a you know, a complete man, you got to look at both sides. Now, that doesn't mean pander to everything and, you know, kiss everybody's ass, 
but you know, open your eyes to see what's going on. So I'll never change. I want to be a sexual guy. I don't want to apologize for that. I have those feelings for women, but I wanted to do it in a way that respects women and is subtle and discreet and gives her an opportunity if she does like me to act on it. And if she doesn't, then, Hey, fair enough. We go our separate ways. Agreed. hundred percent. And you know, the best way to go about that is to actually mean it. I mean, I actually do like women. I actually do respect women. I'm not out just to bang them and use them. So for me, I've never felt like I was being threatening or rapey by simply talking to a woman and making her laugh. You know, I think if guys are coming to a woman with some sort of sexual agenda that doesn't have her best interest at heart necessarily, that's when women are going to feel that discomfort. And I agree. That's very real. Yet, I don't think it's necessarily what some of these popular YouTube videos are depicting. Whereas if a guy says, hi, how are you doing today to a woman he doesn't know, he's already a sexual predator. Like one video I saw where it's like, you know, that is the gateway drug to rape. I think there are angry women out there who have been sexually assaulted, who are hypersensitive to it. I think it has everything to do with who you are and whether you have her best interests at heart or not. I mean, are you trying to just get in her pants? Are you saying, hey, baby, you look nice because you just want to get at that? Or do you have this genuine desire to see a woman who's not smiling smile? I love to see women smile. When I see a pretty girl, I'm like, I wonder what she looks like when she smiles. I wonder if she's even more radiant when she smiles. And so I do something to help her have fun. Like I said, even when I take guys out doing day game, I'm not going to get any numbers. I'm not going to take any women home. I'm just being male and having fun and helping women have fun. And I think it's hard to see something like that as predatory when you don't have that ulterior motive. And see, once you have that woman dancing the dance with you, it's not rapey anyway, because now the consent is already implied. Like, you know, I am engaging in this flirtation with you. So I want to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, bandy this about a little bit. I was watching CNN recently, and it was uh, kind of piqued my interest. They had this girl walking around New York City, and she had a cameraman behind her filming everything for an hour. So she walked for an hour in the city, and sh they filmed all the comments she got from guys. Hundreds of, hey, baby, how are you? Looking good, mommy. Hundreds and hundreds of comments, and then they interviewed her afterwards, and she said, you know, this happens all the time. And, you know, the person interviewing her was saying, well, isn't that flattering? Don't you like it? And she said, no, you know, it's it's scary. It's, you know, it's weird. I just, of course, at first you're kind of like, oh, thank you. But after a while, it, it takes over your day. It takes over your time. And, you know, I didn't know how to feel about it because I was like, on one hand, like, all right, don't you need to like go up to a woman and say something? But, you know, on the other hand, you have to look at it from a woman's point of view and cat calling women on the street. I mean, obviously that's never worked. I mean, when in the history have you ever <laughs> been in your car and yelled out, hey, baby, looking good. And then, you know, the girl said, hold on, stop the car. I got to come get you. you know, so exactly. It's it just never so worked. true. But it was just an interesting thing to see, to, to actually get that visual of what kind of a girl sees when when she's kind of going about her day. You know, those boneheaded guys, of which there are a myriad, poison the pond for all of us. All the good guys who actually want to meet women and do right by them, the sheer percentage of boneheads just make it so much more difficult for the rest of us to be bold like that. And, you know, more and more I'm seeing just as many guys who aren't approaching women because they're afraid to bother them as men who are afraid of rejection. 
I mean, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the kind of approach we just talked about is overcompensating. You're very nervous, right? So you put on the act. It's like, okay, this is scary approaching women. And I've done it where you're like, oh, hey, baby, what's up, girl? You know, it's like I'm putting on my act now, the confident guy, the extra cocky guy that doesn't care what happens. Because if you reject me, it was all a joke. I was just kidding. Oh, hey, look at this girl right here. You know, so when she walks by, you know, you high five your friend. Hey, yeah, it's all a joke. People are scared to put themselves on the line. Now, go up to girls now. I say, hey, you know, I'm Chris. I wanted to meet you. That's putting myself on the line. Right. That could be a harsher rejection because I'm being the real me, but that's going to also get a girl more interested, more, you know, wanting to talk to you and meet you if she's up for it. Well, you used the word vulnerability earlier, which I think has got to be almost like a dirty word to guys relative to this topic that we love to talk about so much, but it's really not. Because if you're vulnerable in a way that says, hey, look, I'm being real with you. I'm putting myself on the line. I think putting yourself on the line sounds manly and vulnerability sounds weak, but it's the same thing in this context. What you're doing is you're showing this woman, hey, look, I'm willing to be real with you. I have a genuine interest in who you are and what you're like. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to shock you. I'm not trying to make you recoil in disgust. Obviously, you wouldn't say these things out loud to a woman, but your mindset would be exactly that. I want to make you feel comfortable. My goal is to brighten your day. I'm interested in who you are. Then the dance starts. Then the woman is freed up. Because see, if a woman is fearing for her security, she can't be attracted to you. She's too busy trying to recoil and run away from you and save herself. It's a simple Maslow's hierarchy equation at that point. It's a safety deal. So this whole idea of sexual tension, it's almost like, look, the first thing you do is make sure there's no tension of any kind when you first meet a woman. I mean, you're going to have butterflies when you meet someone and there's potential male-female sexual interest there, yeah, you'll have the butterflies in your stomach. Like I love to say, you never really should try to conquer approach anxiety and beat it into submission till it stops twitching. You deal with it. Just like a MotoGP rider deals with the fear instead of getting over it. It's a respect for the situation. But you let that woman know you're not there to mean her harm. Your goal would be to come off as a protector for her potentially instead of a destroyer. And once you have that, dare I say, appearance of normalcy established, once she realizes, hey, you know, this is a dude, this is a guy, and he means well, and he's already making me feel comfortable, and I'm already feeling sort of safe around him, then you can start ramping up the sexual tension. It's like a weird little hitch that has to happen before the dance can start. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's different levels when you kind of mm-hmm. touched on it. When Just be, by being a man and she's an attractive girl or a woman, you go over, like you said, there's the butterflies. She has them too. That's kind of the first level of this sexual tension. Now, the first mistake guys make when you have the butterflies and, and you're nervous, like you said, guys want to get rid of that feeling right away in themselves. So they start maybe talking too fast. You know, it's like they're nervous. So it's like, I'm going to talk really fast or wait, 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 wait. New Yorkers talk too fast ever. Never. Come on. Never. So you give these little clues to the girl that you're not comfortable with that initial feeling of I'm a man, you're a woman. And we're in that kind of bubble of that initial tension. So you like, you'll just reveal too much about yourself for some reason. Like all of a sudden you feel like, you know, you're at the police station, they got a light on you and you 
you're talking weird and because you're not comfortable in that feeling. With practice, talking to girls, introducing yourself to women, when you feel that kind of initial butterflies intention, you'll be able to ride it out and be cool with it and not act weird around women. Now, it's not just talking too fast. Sometimes you'll do something weird. Maybe you'll pretend you're disinterested in her. Why? What are you doing? It's like you get that initial feeling of attraction and I like women and it scares you, makes you nervous and you start doing some weird stuff. My first time trying this stuff out, I was at a bar in New York City, you know, kind of read about pickup and I was with my friend. I'm like, yeah, we're going to use these tactics and techniques. I'm all set. I was looking at some girl at the bar and I went to use the bathroom and, and the same girl I was looking at was behind me. And I'm like, all right, here's my, here's my chance. I, I felt the tension. I felt excited. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to break out one of the lines. So I kind of looked over my shoulder back at her because we were both online for the bathroom. And I said, Hey, can you not stand so close to me? And then I thought I did like the, the raise your eyebrow or something you're supposed to do to pretend you're kidding or something. She just looked at me and she said, uh, okay. And then like walked away disgusted. And I went up to my friend and I was like, dude, I think it's working. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how many times people just can't read facial expressions. They just don't have it. Even not just the subtle ones, but even more direct ones like you're talking about. I was talking to a guy the other day and he was saying, you know, I'll be talking to a woman and then I just won't get the number. And then I'll say, all right, well, I'll see you later. And she always gives me this look that I can't read. And I know she's not happy. And I said, you know, if you had to guess, in most cases, is it I'm disgusted by this guy and thank God he's leaving? Or is it that's it? You're not going to ask me for my number? He goes, you know, it's one or the other of those. I said, you know, they're not that far off. You know, the disgust is going to have the furrowed eyebrow in the middle, whereas the that's it is going to have one eyebrow raised more than the other. But there's going to be this look that could be either surprise or relief and a little bit of shock either way. It's going to be a subtle look. Women aren't just going to pout at you and throw up their hands. But I can see how that would be really, really tough to discern. And yet it makes all the difference in the world to the guy's mindset. If he keeps going up to women and has the guts to talk to them and the conversation's going well, yet at the end, you know, he just can't get her number. That look on her face is going to be, God, thank goodness he's gone. It's a relief. Exhale or that's it. You're not going to do anything. You got to know the difference. Because if you're misreading that your whole life, you could think of that as a negative. When all those times again and again and again, the pattern was trying to reveal to you that you should have asked for the number, not trying to confirm to you that, you know, you should be glad you didn't ask for her number. So yeah, I can see how that's really a killer. Sometimes you just have to say it out loud. Let's give guys a few uh, examples of what they can look for. I'll at least give an example from my life, what I look for when I'm, when I'm talking to a girl, signals that is. So when I first started talking to a woman... You know, we talked about eye contact before. One of the first things I'm going to keep an eye on is if I'm looking at her and she's looking at me, will she hold that gaze a little bit? She doesn't have to stare into my eyes like she's madly in love the whole time. But is she more interested in like who's coming in the door or looking at a phone or just looking around? And obviously you have to be able to tell the difference between a girl who's just nervous. So she does that and not interested. And that takes a little experience. But that usually is a bad sign when you're like, you know what, I'm trying to connect with you, not just talking, but like through our eyes. 
And she's like, you know what? I'm blocking that. I'm shutting that down. I'm going to look everywhere but you. So she's not on that wavelength with me. She's looking for an escape route. Looking for an escape route. Another easy one is, now don't get all up in a girl's face in two seconds. Believe me, I've done it. I can do it. I can go to bars. Sometimes I get a little little crazy like that. And I'm just like confident. I'm like, I'll, I'll get a girl in two seconds. But it's the day. You're at Starbucks. You're having, you're starting to talk inch just the little slightest bit closer than it would be if she was just talking to a friend just into that space and what will happen is if a girl likes you not even likes you but is willing to dance the dance as you like to say she's going to stay in that space but if not you'll notice her drift just the slightest bit back kind of either telling you not yet i'm not ready or i don't like you so you take that into consideration A lot of times when you build tension with a woman or just not break the natural tension that's already there, women will react in certain ways. So I've noticed over time that when a woman isn't interested when I'm building tension, she'll say things like, what? Instead of, what? If a girl's interested and you're building the tension and you're kind of like having that moment just looking at each other, every time a girl's interested, she'll go, what? Like kind of like, you know, what's going on, but in a playful, fun way. Whereas a girl who's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this guy's like looking at me, close to me. What? It's like, what? So that's subtle difference. Like how a woman reacts in that way. Now I take all this up in the supercomputer of your brain and it spits out, Chris, make a move. Or Chris, she's not interested. Be polite. Pleasure meeting you and just drift away. But the best part is nothing was said. You know, nothing. It wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird. I read the signals. She read mine. And... We either got together or went about our day. You know, what you just described is a wonderful example of how I always boil it down. If she's acting female, she's sexually interested. If she's acting neuter, she's turning off the sexuality. So if a woman is doing feminine things, you, know, you always hear about twirling the hair and giggling. And you kind of said how she says, what? Instead of going, what? You know, right? what a wonderful example. Is she acting like a girl? Any guy, and I've said this before on the show, so I won't belabor it, but any guy who has ever had a woman he was kind of disgusted by hit up on him, we all know if we've had that happen to us, that we go into neuter mode. We go into one word answer mode. We go into escape mode. We absolutely positively don't turn on the masculine charm. That's like going to fight a fire with kerosene. You don't want to do that. You only throw kerosene on that spark when you want the inferno. In other words, when you're sexually attracted. Because masculinity and femininity are these building blocks to sexual attraction. So if she acts female towards you, if she does girl stuff, if she acts like a woman, that's a very good sign almost universally. Sometimes women just can't help it, like when they're like these little dainty things that have cute voices. Sometimes women laugh and giggle when they're actually uncomfortable and sort of nervous. But if you're seeing anything that looks, feels, sounds to you like the genuine article, like she is acting like a woman on purpose, that's the green light. That means you got the dance going. Yeah, it's a good sign. I think there's two separate buckets of issues with guys. I don't know what the percentages are. There's the guy, and we all know him, who can't pick up on shit. The girl is so not interested. It's so obvious that people sitting in the back of the bar know she's not interested. And the guy's just not getting it. No idea. I don't know what percentage of that is, but there's guys out there like that. Mm-hmm. Then there's the guy who I'd like to help and coach and deal with. And that's the guy who can approach the girl. He's doing what I tell him to do. 
She's acting feminine, like you said. The signs are there. And he's not getting it through his head. Hello. She's interested, buddy. Make the move. I mean, that's the guy I really like to coach and, and tell him, right. you know, you're there. You're doing it right. Look how she's reacting. Everything's great. And, like, he's thinking in his head, I don't know. I don't know, Chris. I don't I don't think she's interested. Yeah, it's like the pendulum swings one way or the other. Right. What a complex, wonderful topic. There's just so much fun to talk about. We could be here all night, but unfortunately, we're running out of time. So, guys, what I want to do before we close up shop here, the uh, transmission shop, is tell you more about automatic seduction. If you want to go check out what Chris Anderson has to say, and, you know, this is almost like a nice next-generation pickup program. I got to tell you, Chris here, Mr. 60 Years of Challenge himself, is uh, a little edgier than the kind of guy I usually promote. You know, there's a lot of how to have sex quickly with women and things like that. But even though it's so much different than the message we usually send around here, what I'm going to say is my golden standard. Take a look at his website. You decide for yourself whether it's for you or not. All I know is Chris is a guy who's easy for me to like, and uh, I look forward to working with him you know, on other interviews and stuff in the future. And Chris, man, I'm really glad you're here. Thanks for joining us today. No problem. It's been great. And guys, if you have not signed up for my newsletter, everybody knows that I deliver rock solid content just about every day to you guys, right to your inbox, completely free information that you can use right now to start meeting high quality women and get the success you want with them. Go to www.thechickwhisperer.com, sign up for that newsletter, and uh, I think you'll be thrilled. Chris, once again, man, thanks for joining us. Take care, guys. Until I talk to you again on episode number 65, this is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications. Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2009 by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Roy Oden speaking for The Chick Whisperer Podcast.